I firmly believe that if a child shares that they've ha- something has happened to them, they've picked you to tell. So they've picked you to say, this is happening. Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starking. Dorian couldn't be here today, but he and I are the co-owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. Today, we're recording from the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. For more information about the chamber, visit alvinmanvillechamber.org. Thank you to the chamber for letting us come in and record. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. We'd love for you to subscribe to stay up to date with us and the community. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to talk to you about it. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. In this episode, we are sitting down with Christy Bellamini, the Executive Director of Missouri County Alliance for Children. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm the Executive Director of Missouri County Alliance for Children. I've been there for, uh, it'll be 10 years in may so quite some time not originally from the area my dad was in the marine corps so we moved around a fair amount yes absolutely so moved around a fair amount and um, ended up in texas which is where i went to college gotcha and what what did you go to college for i went for uh, psychology okay not originally (laughs) but thought i'd be a teacher but ended up with psychology that's all right. I, I was on the 10-year plan and graduated three years ahead of schedule. Oh, good My for you. <laughs> parents are very proud of that. <laughs> I can see how psychology plays a part in what you do now. Did you have, from college to, to this position, did you have anything in between? I did. I worked for the Gulf Coast Center in the area, um, which works with children and adolescents who have um, mental health issues. And so I worked there for six years, working with children, adolescents, and then parents as well, teaching them um, parenting skills, medication management, that type of thing. Every time I talk to someone who lives in this world that you do, they have a passion or a drive for it. What makes someone, what makes you, I'm on the eager is the right word, what makes you Mm -hmm. eager to do something like this for a a career? Really, it's just something that I always did. Um, Even as a young kid, my dad used to say, you're like this little psychologist, you're so good with your friends, you're a good listener. Um, And so it's just part of who I am, I think, to listen and specifically with kids, want to help kids. So I don't, I I just do it. I don't know. (laughs) There's no um, driving force other than just really, really, you know, wanting to be helpful with kids. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's a a passion that not a lot of people have to begin with, right? Like just being around kids to be a teacher, Mm -hmm. deal with this, whatever it may be. Your role as executive director, you oversee how many staff, like what's your team look like that I know you don't work alone. <laughs> sure. There's um, 12 of us total. Gotcha. And what do they kind of do? Caseworkers? And- um, so there are some that are forensic interviewers, which is where I got my start at the advocacy center. So they're the ones who speak with the children and get information. But there's family advocates who work with the, the families and the caregivers and therapists, medical, and just a really, really great team of people who believe in the mission want to help with those kids, you know, those who are more comfortable working with adults, but you know, the same, the same goal at the end is to help keep kids safe and heal. That's great. That's important and kind of unsung. I would think that people don't really realize how important that role is after a child's experience to trauma. That it seems to me that that initial period would be very important to have someone come alongside them and, and work with them through it. 
because it's it's not going to be an easy situation to begin with, and doing it alone can only make it worse. Right, and most people don't know about us until they actually need us, which is why I'm so glad to be here <laughs> talking about. Yeah, this. that's an that is an interesting thing in that there's resources out there that people don't know about, and then a lot of times they look back on it in hindsight and go, "Oh, if only I'd have known." Right. So. Glad to have you on the <laughs> podcast so that we can spread the word about you. You're in all of Missouri accounting? Yes. How has your role as executive director been different than you expected it to be? Honestly, doing things like this, I never thought I'd be in the front of everything. Um, I knew, I always knew as a leader, I was raised to be a leader. I was raised to look out for your team, um, just being raised by Marines. So that that's very much in me. And so the leading part and doing the supportive role with you know, making sure everyone has what they need, but doing things like this was something I knew was going to be there, but not, I was, I was never that one who said, put me out in front. I was always put me out with my team, but it's just a very different than what I expected. Sure. Well, on a different set, I understand because working by myself is one thing. Working with Dorian is another working previously with my wife and stuff and, and having a team makes life easier mm-hmm. to some extent, but your team deals with really rough stuff. And I guess the question I would have for you is how do you help the helpers? Mm-hmm. Because um, they've got to get exhausted mentally from the situations that they're experiencing. How do you help them? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I have for me is that I started right where they are. So working, you know, down there with kids, with families, and so I know what that um, that experience is like. I know how heavy it can be. And so I want them to know that I get it. So if they have rough days, if they've spoken, you know, to a four-year-old who said just awful things that they've experienced, I've been there. I've done that. And to let them know that, you know, we, we need to be strong in the moment. We need to be strong with the kids. But it's okay to say, hey, you know, I had a rough day. That was a rough interview or meeting with the caregiver. That was really, really hard. And so just letting them know that we don't have to pretend like we're just the strongest of the strong and put on this brave face all the time. Yeah. What is the process for BCAC to get involved? Is it the police call? How does that work? Mm -hmm. So we have to get um, referrals from the police or Department of Family and Protective Services Occasionally, the district attorney's office will contact us and say, we have a child that you need to do an interview on. So that's how we get our, I hate to call them cases, but that's that's what we're, what we're told is, you know, we get a call from an investigator, I have a case, I have a family that needs to come in. So we have had times where pediatricians call, teachers call, families call and say, my child's made an outcry, what do I do? And so we can't start our services until we have um, a report and a referral, hmm. we walk them through that. This is who you contact. You know, what can we do to help you feel more comfortable making this report, contacting an, an investigator? You know, what can we do to help you right now where you are? Wow. That's gotta be tough to hear someone call you and then go, okay, go and take a step back and go over here and right. do this. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, as much as I would love to say, sure, you know, no, bring your child here right now. We're ready for you. We, we are ready, but the process isn't ready. So there are steps that has to be taken and, um, we're overseen by a state organization. We're accredited nationally. So there are certain things we have to follow and you can't really explain that to a parent on the phone. Hey, our standard says you need to do it this way, but explaining to them, we're ready for you, but this is the first step. Yeah, especially in the moment, I can see that it's not, they're probably wanting to break every hoop possible right. to get the help that they need 
and then have to take a step back. But uh, the, I don't want to say the positive, but the positive of that is that by doing the steps the way they should be done ensures the correct outcome. Mm -hmm. It ensures, I don't want to say chain of custody, but that's what it made me think Mm -hmm. of is that by documenting every step of the process, how it should be done, it helps the end result be solidified, more consistent. So that's, that's an interesting thing. And 12 staff members? 12 total. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 12 total. And uh, I know that this podcast is hyper-focused to uh, Brazoria County, but Brazoria County is huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you divide that up across 12? And obviously 12 is not all caseworkers. Mm-hmm. You're one of the 12? Right. So we have, where my start was, was a forensic interviewer. So we have three full-time forensic interviewers. I'm you know, brought in really anytime I have, I, I won't. I wouldn't say what I want to. I always want to, but whenever I feel I have the time to step away from the administrative duties and, you know, that type of thing. So there are three full-time people who speak with the children. There are... Three for all of Brazoria County. All of Brazoria County, yes. And so part of that is having um, the investigators throughout the county with law enforcement or child protection. So they're out there first. Gotcha. Receiving the information um, and then determining this child should you know, come here, this child has something to say, because abuse isn't just what we see. We see sexual abuse, physical abuse, witness to violent crime, and then um, children who are at risk for abuse. So if one child in the home has made an outcry, it's possible that the others have had it happen to them or they've seen something. But abuse is many other things, medical neglect, neglectful supervision. So child protection, um, what people commonly call CPS, they're out there working those take. Uh, type uh, of cases. Okay. That's, that's good that there's additional resources. Yes. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's best to have as many as possible. So I want to jump into this month is child abuse awareness month yes. uh, and kind of get into that and how it helps raise awareness as well. But first I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsors. Hey everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood realtor, Parker White with New Villa Realty. It's not a secret the real estate market is red hot right now. Whether you have a dream of becoming a homeowner, your family's growing and you need more room, or if you're an empty nester, I got you covered. New Villa Realty specializes in helping our clients achieve their real estate goals through a stress-free process and open communication 24-7. You will never be left in the dark and I will be there with you for any questions you may have. Connect with me today so we can sit down and get you where you want to be. My phone number is 281-678-1811 or email me at parker at nuvilla realty, N-U-V-I-L-L-A.com. I would love to meet you. I'm Jamie Scafidi, President and CEO of the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce exists to provide support to businesses and organizations in the Alvin and Manville area. With various networking and marketing opportunities every month, the Chamber can help you grow your business. Learn more at alvinmanvillechamber.org. 1820 Marketing is the producer of this podcast, and if you have marketing needs, we can help. Now more than ever, professional marketing can separate your business from the competition. What you're doing isn't working for you. It's time to try something different. 1820 Marketing, something different. Contact us at info at 1820marketing.com. Now back to the show. So one of the reasons I was excited to have you on is uh, this month is Child Abuse Awareness Month. And obviously, I think uh, we prefer to not have Child Abuse Awareness Month because there isn't child abuse. 
Uh, but what are some of the things that you're doing during this month to raise awareness of the situation? On our Facebook page, we are putting out information, um, what abuse is, what signs and symptoms are, ways parents can support their caregiver or support their children, excuse me, um, just different things in the community. I think, I think one of the big things is people don't want to think that it's happening here. And it is. I'm telling you, it's happening here, not just in Brazoria County, but every single uh, city in the county, it's happening. And I think the biggest thing is we need your help to, for one, recognize that it's happening, come to terms with that, maybe that it's happening, and be brave like the kids to speak up and say something about it. That's got to be, it's got to be tough for a kid, obviously, just in the situation. And I got to think it's tough for an adult as well to kind of look at that and go, okay, you, you, that child abuse is not something you want to be falsely accused of. And so I can see a hesitancy on an adult's side to get involved in a situation. What, what do you see as the thing that kind of breaks the situation and says, I have to, I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, So they've picked you to say, this is happening. I need help. And they're relying on you to speak up. Yeah. They, they trust you enough to, to come to you with something that is personal and painful. Right. Yeah, that's true. And so you can find resources on the Facebook page about um, some of the things, symptoms and signs. And Yes. Uh, also, I know you did an event in Paraland yes. where you did, uh, I believe it's pinwheels. I don't want to get the number wrong. Six hundred and. 43? Be great if it was only that. It was 703 <laughs> confirmed. Oh, 703. That was the number of children. There are two numbers out there. So the 634 um, maybe are the number of children. The 703 are the number of cases. So what that means is that there are some kids where they've had cases that have been confirmed multiple times in 2020. And so 703. Cases, yes. That's. I think we should all agree that 703, too many. Yes. And And I agree with you that there's a denial almost like you want to, you do want to say it's not happening right. here. Mm-hmm. And yet, like you said, it's confirmed cases. It's not, man. So how, do, what is something, what are some things that someone listening to this could do? What are some signs that we should be looking out for? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if noticing a change in their behavior, so it can be um, a change in grades. It could be that they become much more withdrawn um, just especially if you're a teacher, looking out for those, you know, those kids sitting in your class, if something seems off or different, you see these kids every single day. And the reality is that these children are likely to talk to their teachers. They're likely to talk to a school counselor. They are likely to share with someone um, who sees them every day that they trust. And so when we think about it, you have eyes on these kids every day. And if something seems different, don't be afraid to ask when I worked at the Gulf Coast Center, I was there for six years working with kids, adolescents. I had some children say, you know, I'm being hurt at home. I don't want to go home. I'm scared. Um, I saw bruises on some of the kids, and I thought, what do I do? I don't know. What to, no one trained me. My, I got minimal training, I should say. Sure. On that. I, it seems to me that people are so excited when someone wants to help mm-hmm. that what's the minimum I can do to get you out the door to help people. And that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily prepare a person to adequately handle the situation that they're going right. to be thrust into. It, right. 
And so I think one of those things, um, we have been able to train some um, nurses and counselors at schools in the county that, you know, speaking up, if you see something's different, um, especially if, if a child is wearing, you know, long sleeves in the summer, baggy clothes, I mean, there could be a reason that they're doing that. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, how do I start from here? What do I ask? Just a very open question, you know, how are things going at home? That's open. You're not accusing anybody. You're not, um, you know, kind of leading a child to say something, just, you know, what's going on at home? How are things? And just listening to them. I think that's the biggest thing that as adults we can do is just listen. That's true. Mm -hmm. I I think just in life, that's probably a good thing. But in this situation, (laughs) even more so being able to, to listen to a child is in that situation. Again, I can only imagine how tough it is for a child to actually speak up. And so I I like what you said that they've chosen you to speak to, and that means something that you're, they trust you. So I think that's important. So to kind of transition away from the moment to moment aspect of it, kind of on a 10,000 foot view, obviously I'm assuming in the past year, your funding's probably been cut some. (laughs) Here. Um, how does, how does the Alliance get funding? So most of our funding comes from um, a federal grant. It's called FOCA, Victims of Crime Act. Oh yeah. Okay. Most of our funding is from that. We do get funding from the state as well, another significant portion. We are a United Way partner, so we get funding from them as well. There have been donations from just community organizations, people who feel you know drawn and led to help support the cause and our efforts. But I mean, this pandemic, it, I mean, it's hitting everybody. It's hitting sure. everybody. I am worried that it's going to hit us more so now since our funding does trickle down from you know, higher level. Yes, I, I think so. I think nonprofit funding is always a, a challenge to begin with and then mm-hmm. having to do it in the middle of a pandemic. And then also, how would you describe your your role in that, right? Like, obviously, you're responsible for the getting the funding and the paperwork and everything, but you're also wanting to take care of your team. How do you balance that? How do you balance the two needs of helping the helpers, making sure that there's a budget that they can get paid for? Right. Yeah. I, I feel like because I'm right in there with them, I'm pretty open about things. So letting them know as of right now, you know, we're good. Y'all don't worry about this. This is my job to worry about this. Sure. I'm going to keep searching. I'm going to keep hunting. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make cuts other where, uh, other places if we can. So I don't talk much about that with them because also it's up in the air. So the sure. unknown is a scary thing. So all the hypothetical this and that, but I'm out there, I'm looking, yeah. <laughs> you know, anyone else sure. who can help us. And to where we don't have to reduce um, the quality of service for one um, staff. I mean, I've, I've been able to hold on to staff for a good long while now. So That's good. not wanting to lose anybody. Sure. Yeah. What is your hope for the future? That's interesting. Um, and, and I'm not, I don't mean the, the naive child abuse right, goes away. The, we know that mm-hmm. it'll always be a situation to right. deal with. So that, yeah. What do you see as the future? Um, honestly, I've, I've been in this role for two years. And so I've been at the advocacy center for 10. I feel like I'm two years in this role. I feel good. I feel solid. I've adjusted to all of this, the new responsibilities, but I want to get out in the community. I want to tell them, you know, this is, this is what you look out for as an educator or, um, you know, as a neighbor, but as a parent, this is how you talk to your child. Since I've been here for so long, I, I am very comfortable talking. I have two boys, they're eight and 12. I'm very comfortable talking to them. I'm not hammering it into them. And, um, I don't think I am at least, Sure. I think for people to to ask, you know, how do I have those conversations? 
church groups, community groups? How do we talk to our kids? Because I also believe if kids know that they can talk, they will. If they find that right person. Um, But if they know they can talk about their bodies, they can talk about being uncomfortable or pain they're experiencing, they will talk. I think many kids don't know that they can. So what is one thing that the listeners of this podcast can do to help Missouri County Alliance for Children right now? Definitely talking about it. Please contact us. We want to um, provide trainings and outreach. I mean, I can say money, all of those things, you know, that's, you know, as a nonprofit, that's always a thing. But truly what I want is to be able to get out there and talk to more people and have those conversations that seem uncomfortable and have it in a healthy way. Thank you, Christy, for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. And if listeners are interested in supporting the Brazoria County Alliance for Children, you can visit their website at cac-bc.org. Thank you again to the Chamber for allowing us to record the podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Learn more about the Chamber at alvinmanvillechamber.org. Finally, thank you to our listeners. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820marketing.com slash podcast.